It's time for Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair in West Reading. Got a question about your vehicle? Give us a call at 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459. So let's get started with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. Here's Tom and Ashley. Well, hello, good evening, and welcome to Idle Talk. I am Ashley. And I'm Tom. And we are here live on 830 AM WEU. We are from King's Auto Repair, and we're talking about cars. Vroom, vroom. That's right. Oh, that's Mazda. I can't do... No, you, that nope. was Zoom Zoom. Oh, yeah. yeah Not okay. Vroom, vroom. Okay, whatever. It's the same. It's close enough. So we're here at 830 AM. We are taking your calls, 610-374-8800, toll free. We are also on Facebook. So if you want to see our beautiful faces for radio and my new haircut that I gave myself, um, I just cut my bangs. Uh, <laughs> She's like, I need bangs. I'm like, I gotta cut my bangs. Tommy's like, why did you cut your bangs? I'm like, because I, I'm, I it doesn't matter. Anyway. So your beautiful faces for radio, go out to Facebook, look for King's mm-hmm. Auto Repair, like and follow. You'll get notifications when we go live, mm-hmm. and then you can ask any questions if you and, didn't want to call in. And Kelly puts up some funny pictures, too, <sighs> on that page. Oh, yeah, Kelly does funny pictures, and on Instagram, mm-hmm. but we're not on the Instagram. Doing, we're Being on Instagram, live. but we're not live on Instagram. Yeah. So anyway, so if you have any questions and you didn't want to call in, you can type those questions into the chat bar, and then we can try to answer those questions on the fly. Mm. So I do like to live dangerously. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am still down at the service writer desk, so yeah. I have no idea what uh, Tommy has come up well, with first for thing, radio show. First thing, Father. I think I want to talk about a little bit of trivia. Because you said about Zoom Zoom. Yes. Um, Do you know who the kid was that did that? It was... um, It was either either the ad executive's son or the president or chairman of Mazda. It was the president's son Son. of Mazda. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Gosh. Digging deep. Couldn't even do that. I worked for Mazda at the time when those commercials were out, and they talked about that. Okay. In their in their stuff that they uh, they put out. Their propaganda. Yeah, the, their propaganda. Yeah, that's good. But hey, it was definitely interesting. No, it. I mean, it's it's definitely an iconic um, advertising campaign because, I mean, how long? <laughs> how you many did. years later you said vroom vroom, and I was like, oh Mazda, <laughs> and then you're like, no, that's zoom zoom. What? Okay, close yeah. enough. Yeah. Close enough for me anyway. Close enough. Okay. So I have no idea what we're talking about, Ah. so I'm going to ask Thomas. Well, it's it's EV heavy because there was a lot of EV stuff going on right now. Okay. So EV, um, electric vehicles. But I I wonder why, just especially just, uh, who knows? I don't know. Not a whole lot of things going on, so they're going to write about... (laughs) No, not necessarily. There's there's been some news. I like I have some tax stuff. Um I have some other odd things. I think it's mostly because it's the end of the year. Okay. And they're just trying to get stuff out. Um so first one I wanna I wanted to talk about was uh the self driving Tesla that caused an eight car pile up. And Elon, I have to apologize ahead of time because this is gonna be a lot of Tesla bashing tonight so i'm okay with that as long as the information's good and com- coming from you too <laughs> <laughs> well thank you <laughs> well so, 
So here's what happened. The um, this actually happened back at the end of November. Yeah. But um, the reason it's kind of surfacing now, and it surfaced when it happened, but the reason it's surfacing again is because the Freedom of Information Act um, allowed the one newspaper there to get a hold of the video of the car going over the Bay Bridge. I believe yeah. is where it was. Yeah, the San Francisco Bay Bridge. So I guess. Yeah. Getting to the bridge, I actually saw this. Was it this morning that I showed this to you? Mm, this yeah, you were talking about it. Yeah, because that was that was the whole. It, that's it's resurfacing again yeah. because of these videos. Yeah. So the the getting to the Bay Bridge, you have to go in a like a like a small tunnel, and mm-hmm. then you resurface and go over the bridge. So yeah, and that's where this happened was in the like little short tunnel there. So and I watched a video of it which was kind of interesting because you could see they had two different angles. They had an angle like in that tunnel that was kind of just showing like a broad range of like everything like inside of it. So probably like half the tunnel. Yeah, and so that that the tunnels it looked about 5 5 or 6 lanes wide mm-hmm. and it was the opposite side of so it was looking diagonally from the inside of the tunnel to the the entryway yeah. of the tunnel. Yeah. So it was probably about midway in the tunnel, like five lanes. Yeah. Five lanes, five wide. lanes wide. Yeah. And the car just kind of comes to a stop in the middle. And the reason that this was kind of noteworthy was because Tesla earlier that day had released what they called a beta testing of their full self-driving feature. So they don't have full self-driving but they claim to have done it already and that they want to beta test it. So instead of going and giving it to a select bunch of cars and actually them taking the cars out on the road and testing them, they did an over-the-air update if you wanted it, and people, everyday folks, could install this self-driving hardware or software on their car, and it would do the full self-drive. Well, the thing with this testing is this was the real-world testing of this stuff. And it's no, still testing. It's still testing. Yeah. So they don't really know how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. But they put it out there because they said, you know what? This is good enough to put out there. We want to put it out and test. Well, it looks like it failed, and not long after they updated it. Yeah. So um, on they had another different angle of the car where it was going in. And you could see as it started to go into the tunnel and it got about, I'm going to say about a quarter of the way into the tunnel, you just see the brake lights come onto the car and it stops. And I have a theory on why it did. Okay. Let's hear as it. the guy said, it was in full self-driving mode. The car was driving itself. I think it lost a signal from the GPS satellites. I... And nothing could direct it where to go. That's okay. My, that would be my theory. Like it, it lost either the signal... Of right. where it was located, or it lost a cell phone signal because they all operate on cell phone signals, too. So my theory, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but my theory is it went from light to dark, and it the cameras got momentarily mm-hmm. blinded, and it said, okay, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Because and it, it was in the morning, stopped. and it just stopped because it didn't know where it was going. Yeah. So I, could, I don't know. It could be a combination of both, but <clears throat> for something like that... And and this car was in 
kind of what you would consider the it was like two over from the left lane so people could go around on one side like the mm-hmm. where there's more lanes open but people couldn't go around on the other side so the final uh resting point for a lot of these cars is one was wedged up against there's a wall there and then there's just kind of they're just kind of like piled up there mm-hmm. so on a situation in a situation like that i mean you're there's so many cars it's it becomes dangerous you can't mm-hmm. can't get around that stopped vehicle fast enough and it was rush hour so there's lots of cars yeah and i i just thought you know Everybody thinks the full self-driving is right around the corner, but this kind of <laughs> it proves is, it that it's really, not. No, it really is not. <laughs> There's and, a, it takes a lot more work yet to get this right. And, well, and all this stuff relies on signals that it it may or, it may or may not work at times. And probably part of this beta testing that they had was, you know, you're supposed to keep your hands on the wheel and pay attention to this. Exactly. So no one, well... I say right now no one knows, but those cars actually have a camera that faces the driver. Yeah. So they're going to be able to tell what the guy was doing. Exactly. When this happened. And there was a relatively large documentary that was done um, about that self-driving aspect. It was done a couple years ago, and it was when they were still beta testing this, like just beta testing. Like mm-hmm. you had like the people, Tesla drivers had to agree to this software and know that there were Things that could happen. There's limitations. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm totally on board. And there were people that were on board that were that totally trusted what Tesla was telling you that you can you can play a video game in the car, which had did happen. Someone died <laughs> mm-hmm. because he was playing a video game while he was in the front seat of that vehicle and it it crashed and he died and it, it took in may have i think it may have killed another person in addition to him that was in a different vehicle so where i get really frustrated is tesla is saying all these things but people aren't reading the fine print of you need to be in the car you need to be in the mm-hmm. driver's seat you need to have your hands ready and on the wheel you need to be not distracted while you're driving that vehicle because things can go wrong this yeah. is still beta test yeah but Still in testing. W- but where Tesla gets an out, and I'll call mm-hmm. it a legal out, is it's a beta test. People that are doing it know that it's a beta test, and they agree to it. And if something bad happens to that person's car, Tesla is able to wa- wipe their hands. At the kind of like, oh, hands up. I, Sorry. Yep. I th- it was a beta test. They knew what they were getting into. Yeah, which goes back to all the other people that ran into this car that, just stopped in the middle of the highway. Yeah. Who's at fault? Being yeah. that that guy agreed to the legal terms of using that feature. Right. I'm going to guess he's going to take all the fault for that accident. Well, I wonder if it, if it, if the insurance company knew that he was doing that, would they have supported him in their insurance in his insurance well, um policy? That's interesting. They might support him in this, but he might not be able to be insured ever again. Right. So there's there's that that. too. I just, where I get really frustrated with this kind of stuff is that vehicle manufacturer is telling people a lot of of things. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing. We're fine. Look at all the money we have. We can do these things. And it's really not the case. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I get super frustrated with, I'm not just Tesla, but I'm talking about any vehicle manufacturer Mm -hmm. that says, look at our brand new technology. It's perfect. No. 
It is not. <laughs> it's still, we're still developing this, this crazy technology. So, okay. Are we done? Okay, what? Well, I, I just had a thought there. So uh, this incident yeah. was with mm-hmm. a Tesla breaking on the roadway, mm-hmm. right? Just out of nowhere mm-hmm. in this autopilot that someone agreed to, but mm-hmm. still the car braked in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, what about all the other cars? You said it was an eight-car pileup. Mm-hmm. How closely are they following behind this car that th- this happened? They actually, the one, the car that was directly behind him was able to... Avo- like avoid, avoid the, it avoid it so the car directly i was able, able to go around but then the cars beyond that were they as, were as people started to like spread to go around this thing because they couldn't get stopped in time because after the people that were like right behind them kind of got out of the way and they already started slowing down to go around them the people behind them were coming at full speed yet and now they got that like surprise of there's something in the middle of the road right and they could slam the br- then somebody slams the brakes and you know they just don't stop it it doesn't stop in time mm-hmm. so there is there is the the culpability of the re- being rear-ended but there's also the aspect of that car stopped when it shouldn't have got it <laughs> it would be like uh somebody brake checking you. Yeah, you know, but like seriously brake checking. Like seriously just stomping the like they're kind of close behind you and they just stomp. But maybe we should put the video a link to the the article up that has the videos yeah, on it. And you just see everybody kind of like go around but then there's like the next couple cars behind them that just, just come right up behind them and yeah. cannot avoid them. Should we take a break and then take our phone call? Let's I believe that. we should. All right, we have VJ hanging hanging out, so he'll, we'll talk to him when we get back. Give us a call, 610-374-8800-888-401-0459, and we'll be right back. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tom. And let's talk to VJ. Hello, VJ. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. How you doing there, Tom, Ashley? Good. 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 Hey, I got a question for you. A couple. I got a whole bunch of questions for oh, you. <laughs> all right. And just so, just so you know where, where I'm coming from here, uh, I'm a 70-year-old old burned-out motorhead from the late <laughs> 1960s, early 70s. So okay. Self-driving cars just, uh, you know, <laughs> is not my topic. <clears throat> well, they ter- uh, well, just for the record, they terrify me, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, First of all, I'd like to say I really enjoyed, Tom, your uh, – I, I try and catch your show whenever I can. I really enjoyed your talk on oil. Uh, <laughs> all do, I, that was very, very interesting. I can spend hours. And I, <clears throat> and I also enjoyed your your comments about changing – why you should change your automatic transmission fluid Yeah, um, and flush it because uh. there's uh, – <clears throat> seems to be a lot of controversy. Some people never change it. <laughs> You know, a lot of manufacturers say change it every 30,000 miles. Right. So it was very interesting to hear all your, your comments about the clutches and so forth in there. Well, cool. I, and now being an old-timer here, <clears throat> a lot of new cars here, they say, uh, you know, they're recommending uh, brake fluid flushes and power mm-hmm. steering fluid flushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, we didn't do any of that. I'm just curious uh, if you have any comments about that. Yeah. Actually, back in the day, the cars used to flush themselves. Like the lines would rot out, and <laughs> <laughs> lines would rot out. The hoses would blow. They used to flush all that stuff on their own, so you never had to do it. 
nowadays with um, a lot of these newer cars, they actually use a brake fluid like quite a bit, and you don't even realize it. Um, a lot of the newer cars actually do what they call like a, a torque vectoring, which is when you're going around a corner and you're going a little too fast, they'll actually apply the rear brake on the inside of the corner to help turn the car around the corner. Yeah, and, I'm familiar with that. And yeah. they've been doing that for a while. And that's one of the reasons we're seeing rear brakes wear out quicker than front brakes okay. on cars. But um, a lot of a lot of that stuff has to do with changing these fluids, has to do a lot with making that stuff work okay. and making it work reliably. Because okay. that computer's going to go to actuate it, and if it doesn't work as designed, it's not going to perform the same result so like if that caliper was locked up or there was something wrong with it and it went to apply it and it doesn't apply correctly it's either going to try to put more pressure to it to apply it or it won't apply it at all and you could go sliding off the road okay same with the power steering things used to leak and go bad on that now well most of them are electric now yes so now that's all gone away too uh, what about the? Um, is that, are you referring to like the ABS module that can go bad with the? Or that it's with... mostly the ca- it's mostly the calipers. So okay. like when a caliper works, there's a a piston inside of a bore, and the only thing that seals that piston up inside is a rubber gasket. Okay, and that rubber gasket over time gets like stuff past it or it starts to wear a little bit from going in and out and they have a boot over it to protect it but sometimes dirt gets past the boot Mm -hmm. whatever that happens and brake fluid also attracts water and the water's going to sit in the lowest spot possible which is the brake calipers Mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons they talk about flushing the fluid more often now than they used to yeah, I have Honda vehicles, and they uh, <clears throat> Honda says you know flush it every every three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, my v, my one vehicle does have a power steering fluid, so I guess the same uh, same applies to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> another question for you here: uh, I have a 2016 Honda Odyssey, mm-hmm. and uh, manufacturer there recommends uh, I only have like 48,000 miles on it, but they say you should change the timing belt uh, every seven years. Mm-hmm. I bought the vehicle as a leftover, uh, so I've been driving it six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, to the day, it's almost six years, but that vehicle could have been sitting around for a year prior to me buying it as a leftover. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, do you know, can you, is there any way you know of to check when that vehicle was manufactured, when it was pr- produced? Um, we probably can, and might actually be on the door jam with the VIN number. I checked that out. They don't have it. I got to check it out. To check that out on the internet because there's a lot of numbers and then certain numbers or dates. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Usually it's near the top of that sticker, or they'll turn it sideways, and that sticker, like it'll just it'll just be the month and the year. Yeah. And it yes. won't be there won't be any information around it telling you that you'll just see like a ten slash fourteen. Right. And that just means it was built in October of 14. Right. I looked at the, uh, I looked at the uh, timing belt on mm-hmm. the Internet, and some people say, oh, you don't have to change that. Seven years will go 100,000 miles. Well, I don't put many miles on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that timing belt looks kind of thin. doesn't look 
very hefty. <laughs> yeah, the the later model years they've made them pretty small on those. Yeah, so I'm and thinking uh, seven years is probably that's uh, probably realistic. I'm trying to think. We did a Toyota the other day, and I'm trying to think how old that was. I think that one was ten years old. I think that it was uh, that RDX. Oh, the Lexus. I think the last time one was done was ten years. Yeah. What did it, it look like? What did the belt look like? It was all dried out and cracked. <laughs> yeah. It was ready to break. Yeah. And on those, if they break, it is the it bends all the valves and does oh, yeah. everything, and pretty much it's then time to throw it away because yeah. no one wants to pay to fix all that. What's your uh, What's your thoughts on? Uh, if you buy a General Motors product or you buy a Honda product, that uh, use genuine Honda coolant, use genuine GM oil. Uh, I, what's your thoughts on that? You know, the the brand stuff reference aftermarket. Um, I don't. The only thing I stick to brand wise in any car is the spark plugs. Of all things, the spark plugs. Okay. Uh, the aftermarket has such good products you know years ago some of the products were a little sketchy but if you're buying good name brand aftermarket products everything will be fine like we've been running uh the coolant we use is actually a universal coolant and we have not had a lick of trouble with that for oh my gosh it's We've been using it for a long time. And just the coolant and, like, the uh, power steering um, fluid and stuff, yep. that just has to meet certain, like, certain requirements. Specs. Yeah, yeah, certain specs. As long as it meets those specs, I have, I have heard, uh, this is probably going back maybe 15, 20 years ago, that there's only three production facilities in the country that make coolant. Yeah. There's not, there's not many. Yeah, that's like batteries. Yeah, so, like there's know, like same five, with batteries. Yeah, there's like five battery manufacturers in the world. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, uh, now one other thing here, my my uh, well, I got a couple other things. Mm-hmm. My uh, Odyssey has a temperature gauge, mm-hmm. and the past few cars I have owned, the the uh, salespeople when they review your new car, they're always stated that if the temperature gauge moves anywhere than what is normally at if it starts to move up just a tiny bit something's going on well my odyssey just here lately uh probably moved up a needle width Hmm. two needle just a tiny bit more than what it's been running for the last forty-eight thousand miles Hmm. so i'm guessing maybe uh the temperature the uh um what do you call it there that controls it thermostat or yeah, the thermostat. Thermostat, or, well, you know, honestly, that would be a great question for our Honda Tech Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would, he would be like, "Oh yeah, this happens," and he'd just yeah. rattle it off. And <laughs> yeah, it's moved up. <laughs> I'd just, be guessing, just, uh, just like two little needle. I mean, it's nowhere near hot. Yeah, you know, that just could... a couple little needle widths that I noticed it, and I've always been told if that moves a little bit, yeah. you need to get to check it out because. These new cars, you know, I mean that the temperature is just rock solid. It mm-hmm. doesn't move. Yeah. yeah. Well, it it could be. I'm the coolant's old enough that it should be changed. Maybe it's yes. just the the coolant's old in it, and it doesn't it doesn't transfer heat as well anymore, and it just gets hotter. Yeah. It could could very well be. Yeah, I, something I, as simple as yeah, that. Yeah. That one I don't know. Or it could even be like something like a 
like that sensor provides a, a ground to the computer to make it work. And okay. there's a little corrosion there or something. It so could you be, have a it Honda could be even be a, on staff, huh? Yes. We do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that we do. Okay. Yeah. He loves the okay. Hondos. Yep. Uh, let me ask you this. I ran this by my tire. Uh, I have one tire in this vehicle that seems to have a, uh, lose a little air, you know, not, not nothing significant. Mm-hmm. When the car was new, I was driving it a fair amount, and I just thought that was when I checked the, every time I take it on a trip, I checked the air pressure. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, it was just so minuscule, I, you know. Didn't I didn't worry much about of it. it. Uh, now a little bit, uh, the car sits a little bit more, and uh, the last set of tires and this set of tires, uh, I have one tire that just gets low. It sat, the vehicle sat for probably about 18 days one time, and I lost maybe four or five pounds. All the others were perfect. Mm. In the and same? I had them check, uh, you know, I had them take the tire off, check everything, check the rim, and then I, I went and I got a new, uh, had them put a new sensor valve in, I guess mm-hmm. it's all one piece, and still does it. Got any thoughts on that? And that's the same wheel, but yes. two, di- two different tires. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I would have thought the sensor would have, yeah. you know, if that was Yeah, leaking. I thought it would too. It's, it's My, really... Uh, my only thought on that is sometimes the um, the you'll get corrosion on the lip of the rim, yes, and that'll cause the leak. Yeah. But it can be, I mean, I've also seen very small pieces of metal go through a tire, and they're that small that you don't even it's... like once they come out. Like finding that leak is nearly impossible because it's, yeah. well, it so, doesn't. But, uh, I don't think it's a problem there because, you know, it did it when I got brand new tires. And yeah, it did it that's on the weird set. part. Yeah. And my uh, the tire shop, the advisor at the tire shop, you know, I explained it to her, and she said, "We have this problem all the time." Well, <laughs> mm. well, I, so I was going to say. I don't know if you guys ex- experienced that, but well, she said we have a lot of these tough situations where there's lose a little air and it can't figure it out right well i know when we do tires and like when we put them on we will go and clean up like where the tire sits on the rim and then we have a product that we actually spread on there to help it seal up and keep it from from corroding and that's how we that's how we do tires and we have very very few issues yeah usually if it's leaking like that um we got something else going on. Yeah, it's okay. either like a bad tire or, you know, there's another, there's a, there's something, a t- tiny little leak yeah. in it or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Because usually, usually when you're searching for a leak like that, it that just sounds like it's corrosion on the rim mm-hmm. to okay. me. Well, see, without... it's been doing it since new. So. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Although, as but... I stated before, I bought this vehicle as a leftover, so it could have been sitting around yeah. for a year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Could have a tiny pinhole in the rim too. That's somewhere, true. Somewhere in the wheel. Yeah, like a defect in the in the manufacturing or something. You know, that that takes me back to a car that years and years ago when I worked at the dealer, we couldn't figure out where it was leaking from. We would we filled the tire, we would take the tire off, you could put it in a we have a dunk tank. Yeah. And you'd go and it would cover like the dunk tank, it covered the rim like up to like where the tire mounted and the rubber on the tire. And we'd search and we couldn't find anything. So we went and we checked like the the inside of the rim. There's no leaks anywhere, nothing. 
You put it on the car. Two days later, it's flat. And we're like, nowhere could we find this leak. Here, the rim had a little crack in it, and not until you put the weight of the car on it did it leak. It would push it apart. And it would push it apart, and it would leak. And that ran that ran everybody around in the shop, and the car the car only had like a thousand miles on it too. And everybody's like, "What is up with so this?" So it was a it was a defect in the manufacturing. Yeah, of the, it was a of defect the in the manufacturing of the wheel. Yeah, but it was so not until the weight of the car was on it did you yeah, did it, it actually it would press it apart. It would press it apart. Yeah. And one one last question. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to take a break. So oh. quick, quick. Okay, uh, I hear Odyssey rotors have front rotors have a problem. Hmm. Have you noticed that? No. Okay. All right. You got to go to a break. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your comments. You bet. And, uh, Thanks. Have a nice you. evening. All, All right. right. Thanks. See you. All right. See you. All right, let's take a break. 610-374-8800-888-401-0459. When we come back, I'll talk about vibration issues okay. with rotors. Rotors and stuff. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tom. And we are here on 830 AM WEU. We are from King's Auto Repair and... You said you wanted to talk about... I figure I might as well talk about about some brake vibration stuff. Okay. Because um, new cars are seeing it now, and there's a lot of messages out on them. Mm -hmm. And it all goes back to emissions. And you say, like, what do brakes have to do with emissions? Tommy, what do brakes have to do with emissions? Well, Ashley... (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ashley, (laughs) let me tell you... (laughs) Tell me all about it, Tommy. <laughs> well, you okay. see, this was not brake planned pads like this. are uh, totally unregulated. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's be normal. All right. Okay. Cool. So brake pads try to be for years have were totally unregulated. Yeah. As they could grind up and put in to a brake pad whatever they felt like putting into it. Okay. I mean, whatever they could put wood in there. They could put. Okay. I, if they found some uh, seashells, they could grind those up and put them in. It okay. didn't matter. Okay. Um, but so they like to use asbestos way back in the day. Way back and in the day. Way yeah. back in the day. And they made, that was the first control thing they did on brake pads was they made them take the asbestos out. Okay. What was, and that was the kind of when it was thing, 80s? Uh, early 90s, I think the asbestos went away. Okay. Uh, because they didn't have anything that was really good and fire retardant to okay. keep the brakes from lighting on fire. Okay. Yeah. And in the early nineties, you could still have like the brake pads, you could overheat them and they'd still light on fire after they took the asbestos out. Okay. Um, so it wasn't until a couple of years later that they kind of figured out a little bit better how to make a brake pad okay. that would not light up on fire if it got way too hot. This is a vehicle technology is like semi terrifying. You're like, okay, so we used to drive around with cars with no seatbelts because they're like, oh, who needs a seatbelt? Just wind up under the dash if you get into an accident, and <laughs> and brake pads that could potentially light on fire if you spend too much time laying on the brakes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, so that was the first bit of regulation they put into brake pads. Okay. And one of the things they found out when they did this was. If they used 
they could use all kinds of like cast iron and steel and stuff like that mm-hmm. and a couple other agents to help it bond and they would use copper in yeah. them. And the copper would kind of help keep everything from getting too hot. And it actually made the brake pad a little bit softer, which allowed it to, cl- they could clamp it harder okay. and it wouldn't heat up as fast. Okay. So for years they used what they, that would be what they called a semi-metallic pad. Okay. So it had a bunch of stuff in it, still mostly unregulated, and it had copper in it. Well, when someone started doing a study about the dust coming off of brake pads and ending up alongside the roads and that and the rivers and streams. And one thing they found out was there was a lot of copper along the roadways because of the brake pads. Okay. The iron won't affect people as much, okay. you know, the steel and the iron, mm-hmm. because you still need iron to live. Right. But copper, too much copper is kind of dangerous for you. Okay. I so, I was not I really was not aware of that, but I guess it's considered is that a considered a heavy metal? It is. Okay. Copper's considered a heavy metal. Okay. So um so they decided that they needed to regulate copper. Well, in that amount of time you start to see ceramic brake pads come out. Okay. And ceramic brake pads work a little bit differently than the semi-metallic pads. The semi-metallic pads they are just two brake pads that get clamped against that rotor and they wear the brake rotor out and the pads down at the same time. Okay. If the pads are harder than the rotor, they wear the rotor out. If the rotor's harder than the pads, the pads wear out. Okay. So But generally pretty, generally it's a pretty symbiotic yep, relationship and yep. they kind of wear out at the yep. same time. Two pieces of metal grinding on each other essentially. Yeah. So then they brought out uh, ceramic brake pads. So everybody remembers the, the black wheels from the, the semi-metallics. When the ceramics came out, they didn't make wheels dirty. Okay. And people were like, hey, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But they work on a totally different technology. Ceramic brake pads actually work by putting a thin layer of the brake pad on the rotor. So okay. they have like a certain heat range where they work really, really well. Okay. So as they clamp, when you first start to drive them, they put a coating, they kind of like coat the rotor okay. with the ceramic material. Okay. And as you bed these pads in and get them to wear in, they start to grip better with more of this stuff that starts to wear into this rotor. Okay. Now, they work great on small cars. Okay. But when you start getting, or they work, I should say, back up, they work great for years on everything. Okay, on everything. On everything that they put these ceramic pads on. And in the ceramic pads, they used copper in them because mm-hmm. they used that. to The copper would be the hard part of it, and it would actually help scrub that material off the pad and ha- let it put like a new layer on okay. as, you were, as you were breaking. So if it got like a high spot or something, the copper would actually like kind of it would be like taking a piece of sandpaper to it and smoothing it out. Okay. And they were great. In 2017 or 2018, um, it was mandated that copper be removed from brake pads. Altogether. Altogether. Okay. And any replacement brake pad, they had to be replaced. Manufacturers 
of cars got a reprieve, and I think it was until 2021 or 2022. It was relatively recent. It was relatively recent that they got the reprieve that they could use copper in in brake pads that were put on brand new cars. Okay. But they can't anymore. Okay. So what ended up happening, and the aftermarket saw this early on in 2017, 2018, when all the brake manufacturers removed all the copper from the brake pads, we had horrendous, horrendous issues if you were using ceramic brake pads with brake vibrations. Yeah. And what was happening was there was nothing there to scrub those high spots off. So you would come to a stop, and the brakes, as you sat there at the light, would melt more of that pad to the rotor, so the next time, like when you would go and release the brakes and start to drive, it would leave kind of like more pad on mm-hmm. the rotor there. Residue. And okay. Like residue. Yeah. yeah, it would leave a residue on there. So the next time you came to a stop, there was no copper in there to scrub it off, and it would just feel like the brakes would be vibrating. Okay, so you get high, low, high, so low, So you get a low. high and low spot, which mm-hmm. means... If there's a high spot, it would push the pedal back towards you, and a low spot, the pedal would brake pedal would go down. Mm-hmm. So you get that pulsation in the brake pedal or a shake in the steering wheel as that comes around. And this went on for, I don't know, two, two and a half years we had this problem. Complaints. Complaints. And we we couldn't figure out, like, what are we doing wrong? Right. Like, this is the same stuff we've been using for years. We've never had a problem. What changed? Mm-hmm. And the brake manufacturers came out and they said, we know what's wrong. And they're like, whatever you do, on when you do brakes on a newer vehicle, they're like, don't put ceramic pads on anything larger than a small SUV. Okay. And the reason being that... The smaller SUVs and cars, the brake rotors don't get as hot, so it won't melt okay. as much of that uh, much of that uh, brake pad and leave a whole bunch of residue on the brake rotor. So that got us to switch a little bit of what we're doing. Okay. So like a Honda Odyssey van, if that has like replacement brake pads on it mm-hmm. that are ceramic, and depending on you know when they were done or where they were were done at the brake pads may or may not have an agent in them that's able to clean the um clean those high spots off so what ends up happening is you get that residue built up and then you have what everybody thinks are rotor problems right but it's really a brake pad problem and if you put new rotors on or resurface it you're just going to have the same problems again oh so like that bigger van um and our, one of our brake manufacturers, like, they told us they had it figured out. There were no problems. So we went back. We started using that again. And once again, we have problems. Right, yeah. So we put a whole bunch of them on because we they were like, we got it fixed. Everything's good. We put a whole bunch of them on people's cars. And we're having brake vi- vibration problems again Yay. from the exact same thing. It's tremendous. But, you know, they came back and they told us. We pinky promised that we fixed this. <laughs> we swear we did. No, you we didn't. Did. Yeah. No, you we didn't. did lots of testing. But um, so that was just something that I really 
Yeah. You know, it's it, important information. It's important information. And if you're going to a mechanic that knows about this and he knows what he's doing, they're not going to, they're probably still not going to put ceramic pads on anything yeah. bigger than a small SUV. Yeah. Some metallics. And, and I, we actually just had a discussion with somebody the other day about that exact same thing. Yeah. Because he's like, I want it ceramics. And I was like, it's not going to stop like it used to. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> the last time you got brakes on this thing, you know, it was, but I was they, like, it, they I was, were the old ones. I was like, okay, I'm going to go deep here. So hold on. And he's like, okay, I'm listening. But he, he, he understood. So, yeah. cause he was, yeah. And, and I had ceramics on my F250 for years mm-hmm. and I switched back to semi-metallics on that. And oh my gosh, that truck stopped so much better. Yeah. 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 I didn't. I was like, oh, ceramics, because I don't want to clean the dirty wheels, you right. know. And now I'm like, oh gosh, I can stop this thing a lot better now. So, yeah. Yeah. okay, let's let's take a break. Um, I we may have time for one more phone call six ten three seven four eight eight zero zero eight 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 four zero one zero four five nine, and we'll be right back. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tom. And we're here on 830 AM WEU. We're going to talk to Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hey, good evening. I absolutely love your show. Uh, great, great. Thank you. Great call. Yeah. Hey, I just had a question. I know cars are really expensive, and eventually I may be looking for a new one here at some point, or well, I should say a used one. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to ask you both about is uh, uh, where to look for deals and where not to look for deals. And every once in a while, I'm going to see state of Pennsylvania is selling surplus trucks or old trucks or they're the county sells them or drug seizures, things like that. Is there anything you would avoid or is there something you would look for specifically if you're going to go to one of those things? Hmm. Hmm. That's a <laughs> long answer. <laughs> Short question and long answer. So generally with auctions like that, you can get them for relatively inexpensive, but I would I would just be concerned that you're going to buy something that you're going to have to put money into regardless. Yeah, you know I mean. Yeah. So like the old police cars because everybody sees, you know, old police cars are pretty cheap. Uh the thing about police cars is a lot of times they sit around and they idle a lot mm-hmm. and they have a, and if they change if it's a like I'll use the uh, Burroughs vehicles, like where we're at in West Reading. Um, they had cars that had twenty thousand miles on them, but had like six hours, six thousand hours of runtime. And every minute that vehicle's running, it's using the oil in the car. You know that that oil's lubricating stuff, and that oil would wear out long before. The five thousand miles, the 5, was, up. miles was, like up. was up. So you have to kind of watch what you're buying. Yeah, and i i would just be I would just be cautious of by buying from any kind of auction but, or, you know, the the county auctions or anything like that. I I mean, I don't know. I I, I probably now, i i would I wouldn't. Now on the drug seizure cars, I would probably look at those because. Yeah. You know, they were, that was stuff that people owned. And I mean, those people had money. So, at least, yeah. At least for, <laughs> for a little bit of time. For anyway. a little bit of time, they had money, you yeah. know, and they probably took care of it because it was something they, they wanted. Right. 
Or um, it was new, new, and they yeah, or it was new, yeah, and before it got seized, yeah, those I would definitely look at, but I would I would try to find out a little bit of history about like how long they had those cars, you know, before you bought them. You may want to get um, a drug dog and have them smell the car before you buy it. I mean, you've heard those things, you've heard those situations where people are like, oh, there was two pounds of cocaine in my door, and I had no idea because I bought it from a drug <laughs> auction, and they didn't find that. You know, that happens. But, yeah. I mean, just doing due diligence would be what I would do. Yeah. I would go around and actually do, you know, try and check it out the best I could before buying it. Do they give you an opportunity, like, to get the VIN number? Or is that something you could know ahead of time, like the VIN numbers on the vehicle? Yeah. You should be able yeah, to. Yeah, usually you know you can find a VIN number. Yeah. Um, they'll have it up because they'll have that as part of the information of the of what they're selling. Yeah. Um, because then you could run, like, a... Uh, you know, at least try and run like a Carfax on it mm-hmm. or some type of history report. Mm-hmm. That way, you could get some a little bit of information on it. Yeah. Okay. What, one final question, if you have time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, if it says salvage title or something mm-hmm. like that, or is there anything we should be leery of with the title mm-hmm. uh, itself? With the title itself, no. But if depending on what it was and why it has a salvage title, you might want to avoid it. If it has a salvage title from a flood, um, you're probably going to want to avoid it because it will go and cause you lots of headaches and electrical problems down the road. Uh, The water gets into the wiring in the wiring harnesses and corrodes it from the inside, so you end up with all kinds of weird issues down the road. I mean, but what gotcha. what else would be a salvage title? Um, accident cars. Okay. And but I've seen some body shops that have done absolutely beautiful work that you wouldn't even know it was a salvage title. Well, and with the salvage title in the state of Pennsylvania, you have to get it re. You have to get you have to get a specific. Well, only to get the title for the, like after the to right. get it like a regular title back on it, but yeah. it still has a salvage brand. Yeah. So like You'll be it, able to tell if it was a salvage title at some point. Right? Yes, yes, that'll be marked on the title no matter what. Yeah, but yeah, even what, out of state, even if it goes out of state somewhere else, mm, that depends. Not not all the time. Not all the time. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, they can do what they call title washing, which is illegal. That's oh, where they pass. That? That's where they pass it from one state to another. Be. And they'll pass it to a state that won't recognize a salvage title in another state, and then they just pass it back. So they'll go and say, oh, this person this person over here in this state bought this car, but it never actually left. They process the paperwork on it. The new title comes in without the salvage stuff on, and then it gets sent back here. Yeah. That so. sounds nefarious. It, yes, it, it is. is. It is. Yeah. And it is illegal, but... Oh, okay. And I'll, yeah. Yeah. But that that um would would something like that show on like a Carfax that it, that it was kind of moved yeah, out well, of state and then well, came back in the If it state? was a salvage title that'll show up on Carfax okay. guaranteed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anything salvage will show up on there. Um your insurance company should be able to tell you that too. Yeah. That's you know, true. if you say, "Hey, can you check this VIN number, see what what um if there's anything funny with it?" Yeah. You know, cuz you know, they're going to want to insure a good car. A good car, not, not, a... not something that's been already kind of put, put, put back put together. Put through the ringer. But there are, but there are good salvage, salvages out there yeah. that have been taken care of with a well, good body shop. And so after the hailstorm here in, what, 2014, mm-hmm. all those cars got salvage titles. Yeah, okay. People bought them back. 
drove them around. They're salvage titles from the hailstorm. Yeah. So, right, okay. Andrew. That's we gotta go. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Great questions, yep. though. Yep. I do want to get into that next week. Yep. But okay. So that is our show for tonight. Thank you so so much for listening. Thank you so so much for watching. We'll be back in two weeks. Next week. Next two weeks. Two weeks. We'll be t- back in two weeks. In two weeks. And uh, thank you so so much for listening. Thank you so so much for watching. Have a lovely lovely weekend. And please please be nice to each other and wear your seatbelts. Thank you. And good night. <laughs>